Well, for all Lang Syne, everybody, uh, welcome back and uh, happy new year to everyone out there listening. Put 2022 behind us and ring in 2023. And uh, no better guest to do that with than our old pal, Lord Viceroy James Willie himself, also known as the Golden Jackass, of course. Uh, his work can always be found at golden-jackass.com, where you will find the hat trick letter, which he has been publishing now for, God only knows what, more than a decade. Coming up on 20 years almost, Jim, right? Um, this April will be 19 years. Holy crap. Uh, wow. Uh, anyway, it is always a pleasure uh, to visit with Jim, but also it's always a pleasure to visit with him at the end of the year, especially on a year like this, where there's been such so many consequential things have happened as we look over the horizon to 2023. God knows where we're going, but I know Jim's got some thoughts. Jim, happy new year, my friend. Before we get started, tell everybody about your work. Well, I started this newsletter when I was a middle-aged man. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Um, I started it in the spring of 2004 at age 52. And uh, I never thought that it would last this long. I never thought that it would get this big. And I never thought that so many people would pay attention to what I had to say. Right. <clears throat> Okay, now we you started this off. I'm afraid on a wrong foot. Oh no, um, you you're you're Lord Hemke. I'm not oh, Lord right. anything. I am Viceroy James. If you are Lord Hemke, I am Viceroy James. It sounds a lot better <laughs> than the jackass. And moving right along, um, you know, it's been 18 and a half years or more, and I'm just shocked that. I'm still able to make my pronouncements and I'm very happy and content and, and, you know, honored that I've still got a really good track record. Mm -hmm. um, I got to, I got to say something. It's a little pat on the back, but you know, not many people pat me on the back. They usually you know, shoot me shit. Um, in the last 18 months, I have gotten more compliments for correct forecast than I have in the previous 10 years. The last 18 months, the compliments go like this, Jim, it's amazing. It's amazing. What you were talking about several years ago, the dollar rising before it vanishes, it's happening. The dollar rising now, even though all these problems with the treasury bonds and the U S government debt, it's happening. It's happening. And that's just one example. Um, the shice dollar, is coming in the form of Fed coin. That's yeah. that's a, a, yeah. a fallacious, without foundation guy. I don't want to get caught up in that conversation because I've got a number of really solid uh, gold and silver factors at work. Now you said before that uh, this Posar guy from Credit Suisse um, is getting a lot of attention. Um, and what he's doing, you know, I, you can make your comment. I'll, I'll just make a brief comment, and then, then you say something, and I'll go back, okay, because it was okay. your point. Um, he's, he's talking about the petro gold. He's talking about the Russians and Putin threatening in response to the, the audacious 
your European Union price cap on on oil. Imagine telling the Russians that there's going to be a limit of the on on the price of oil. <laughs> to me, it's the ultimate in audacity. Okay. Yeah. This, this Pozar guy is from Credit Suisse, and he's talking about a link between a barrel of oil and a gram of gold. And I'll, I'll let you make a comment, then I'll come back to it. Okay. How's that? Well, that's fine. And I, I mean, what I was thinking a few minutes ago is, you know, you talk about um, your predictions and, and track record on, you know, we've been talking about this stuff now for over a decade and it's not as if, well, you know, that part hasn't happened yet. So it must be wrong. No, I mean, it just hasn't happened yet. I, I had not thought of, I mean, you, that your shish dollar idea you know, we've been talking about that for I don't know seven or eight years. I I don't even know how how much how long Something that goes back late. to. About that, but I, yeah. But I hadn't thought of equating that with the Fed dollar, the central bank digital currency. But that's exactly what it is. I hadn't even that hadn't that, I hadn't connected those dots in my mind. So anyway, uh, as we speak here, this is the 29th of December, and everybody's all in a flutter this week over the latest from Zoltan Posar, who was always like this bond trader fed you know whisper not i don't know that's not the right term for him but anyway he, you know whenever he, he, he would speak he's a write, swiss he's a swiss version of jim rickards <laughs> okay and, and whenever he would write about you know what was going on the plumbing of the treasury market or the repo market everybody oh boy zoltan says there's a problem well so now anyway he's been writing uh here in 2022 about where he thinks things are going next. He calls it a new Bretton Woods, you know, that there'd be some relinking to gold that maybe would be forced upon the world by Russia or Russia, China, try to make a, a different currency that would be competitive, give all those countries that export energy a way to price it differently and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, this is all stuff that, well, you and I have discussed for a decade. It, it, this has always been, you know, we've always been consigned to the lunatic fringe you know the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists you know that actually discussed this stuff even though it was all common sense that it was headed this way and now here it is being discussed in you know uh proper polite circles uh around wall street and hedge funds and the like jim so uh i'm curious uh to get your thoughts let's just start there because you know you don't know how much of this will come to pass in in uh 2023 but Hell, maybe all of it will come to pass. You have no idea. But this stuff of POSAR, yeah, linking uh, energy to gold, perhaps, or at least working gold in the picture rings about, you know, kind of the gold trade note stuff that you've always talked about. There's so many links to the stuff that you've mentioned and told us all about for a decade. So there, that's a long question, Jim. Uh, let's start there. And then we'll talk about all the gold and silver specific stuff that you want to get into. Well, to begin with, Posar was very vague. I had to read the article a couple of times, and I looked for more, and I couldn't find more. And my conclusion was he didn't say very much. He didn't put much meat on those bones. He didn't really delineate. He didn't have details. All he said was, golly, the Russians might create uh, an oil price in terms of grams of gold. And if we're not careful, they're going to double the price of, of gold overnight by changing the oil price in terms of gold. Okay, well, great. Wasn't it back in June that we had the Russians link um, 
a gram of gold to, to 1,600 rubles? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Is that? Well, for oh, a while. Gosh, I, I, I don't remember the exact amount. It's been so long, I forgot the figure. Yeah. The, the Russians linked, um, was it 1,000? Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I can't get the They linked yeah. to the ruble a gram of gold. They and linked, then they, they de-linked it after like two weeks because the ruble had soared so much. But it was their first kind of way of stabilizing the ruble, they thought, back when the war started. I'm not sure that they unlinked Well, that. they made it a variable thing. They made No, they did change. They changed the math and made it a variable thing. And then, and then it kind of fell off the radar because it accomplished what they'd set out to accomplish. They and then the ruble of, was rallying they on They got a lot right. of attention. That was yeah, that's for, for sure. sure. Yeah. And, and I thought, my gosh, if we're not careful, we're going to get Russian oligarchs in London uh, begin some kind of a arbitrage and, and undermine the London Bullion Market Association. But okay, that didn't happen much, but I think that thread is still there. Okay, let, let me just make a couple more comments about Pozar. Um, I, don't, I don't give a shit about Pozar. It's nice that he had something to say, but he didn't say much. We've been talking about this for a good six or eight, six or eight years. And, and we've been talking about how the dollar is going to fade, the dollar's in its sunset, uh, it's going to be a gold trade note. And we've been talking about how eventually we're going to see um, the dollar tightly linked to gold by means of Eastern powers. Mm -hmm. um, now, Pozar brought that up, but golly, I give him a B minus on describing what the hell he's talking about. I give us an A because we're always on top of it. We always have the factors lined up. We always have more details than this high-powered clown with a funny spelling name. <laughs> I don't give a shit about Posvar, but it's, isn't it wonderful? Yeah. There's more. There's more yeah. to this. There's yeah. more. This guy, why wouldn't he know about a big danger signal if he comes from probably the most corrupt bank outside of Deutsche Bank in all of Europe. Yeah, Credit that's Suez. true too. Yeah, that's true too. Okay. Now, it was about two months ago, I heard, maybe one and a half months ago, I heard that Credit Suisse had $88 billion of exit in deposits, their client depository, their, you know, client accounts, an exodus of $88 billion. Okay. What's that all about? Did he talk about that? No. Why not? He's from Credit Suisse. Why shouldn't he talk about it? He's from Credit Suisse. Why didn't he talk about it? He's from Credit Suisse. So who gives a shit about what this guy has to say? He's a B-minus student. And I'm emphatic about that. Credit Suisse is at the center of the U.S. dollar gold arbitrage that extended from the Euro Swiss 120 peg in 2012 and 13, and the Swiss and Credit Suisse, the Swiss Central Bank and Credit Suisse, are at the center of the arbitrage that pulled gold down from 1900 back then to about 13 to 1400, two to three years later, where it got stuck. Yeah. Why didn't he talk about Credit Suisse exposure to the dollar? Who gives a shit about what this guy had to say? He's a B minus student. Did I have have I have I mentioned that enough times? Yes, you have. I, I it's, it's just that he is in the 
traditional sense, everybody thinks, wow, because he's okay. in that mainstream community. The the normies and the dumbasses now have a turkey leader that they can point to yeah. instead of Lord Hemke and the jackass. Okay, isn't that wonderful? I tell you, there's something big going on, Craig. It's very big. And notice how slowly we're getting more and more information about the dollar exposure by the Swiss Central Bank with respect to their massive U.S. dollar-based stock portfolio. I asked the question, who's the main agent for pushing Apple from $1 trillion to $2 trillion in market cap? And the answer is the Swiss National Bank. And it all has to unwind. And when it does, it's going to push up gold. Why did the Swiss, why did Credit Suisse request $6 billion in two tranches from Goldman Sachs and Wall Street for dollar swaps. Did Posvar talk about that? Or Posar? No, he didn't talk about that because he's a B minus student. Who gives a <laughs> shit about what he has to say? Okay, we're on top of this. They're not. Gotcha. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, all right. The Swiss pushed up the Fang stocks. Facebook? Yeah, they did. Apple? New flip. What do you call it? Um, shit. What's the end? Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Was called Netflix. And uh, the G is, is Google Alphabet. But there's more to that. There's MAT, uh, Microsoft, Amazon, and Tesla. Um, we've seen a tremendous come down in some of those stocks. I mean, like half a trillion dollars in market mm -hmm. cap. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who's behind that, Pazar? Didn't talk about it. No, that's true. Yeah. The Swiss National Bank. And what's on the other side counterparty on that arbitrage? Gold. Why is gold going up? Why is silver going up? He didn't talk about that. In fact, his story is a, is a diversion to the Swiss story. Interesting. Yeah. They're caught in an unwind right now. They're losing billions and it's leveraged at the Swiss National Bank. I heard figures and I think they were lying. I, I heard figures and I thought, well, it's probably 20 times larger than that. That's their exposure to U.S. stock losses. Then you got to ask, what's their leverage on that? Because leverage is always used in arbitrage to pull down gold. Always, always. Okay, this is getting big. Okay, enough of Pazar. Yeah, I, I get him. That's I fine. Get, I, I say Pazvar because... It, it really, it's quite funny, but when I was a kid at the University of Pittsburgh, where my father was, um, the, the chancellor was named Posvar. <laughs> so Posvar, Posvar is, you know, ingrained in my head. Um, anyway. Well, to to this, um, let, let's start with his idea, though, because like I said, I know you've got several things on your mind that are very gold and silver positive for next year. Well, one of them would be if this idea gains traction or if we come in some Monday morning and Russia has announced something similar to what he's discussed. Do you let's start with that again, just off of your interpretation of all this. So we've been as I keep coming back to we've discussed for years um, is the world as soon as next year headed in that direction uh, some type of. Yeah. Yeah. OK. In fact, the, the, the direction now has. Uh, a champion 
and yeah. he's a rogue champion. So now you're not going to have Wall Street in London say, we must go to a tangible based dollar and pound. They're not saying that. They're saying Russia did it. Right, right. Okay, so again, these guys are not champions. These guys are not heroic, brilliant analysts. They're nothing more than megaphones for calling Russia the boogeyman. Yeah. And I think I think these guys are high paid morons. They're hardly ever right, and they're paid a fortune. Yeah. What yeah, I see sure. is the big triangle coming, is is Russia, uh, and and their gold <clears throat> market and their demand with from you know producing oil and the Shanghai. Nobody's been talking lately about the Shanghai, you know, petro yuan contract, uh, the Shanghai gold contract. Okay, that could become the primary location for enforcing the BRICS plus gold standard in trade settlement. Okay, I don't give a shit about Pozar. I care about the BRICS. Right. Uh, the, the BRICS are now very busy in, in producing a vehicle that will work. And I think it's really quite, it, it's loaded with, with humor and irony, Craig, because the Russians and the Chinese have now signed on a third partner and it ain't India. India is kind of like a lower level member. The upper level member is the one that's supplying suicide drone craft for Ukraine. And that's Iran. Very little is known about Iran by clownish, dumbass Americans who just buy the line and move on and never read and never understand anything. The biggest food exporter to the Arab world is Iran. They got big farms. They got agro agribusinesses. The Iranians, the Chinese, and the Russians are going to build a gold standard for trade settlement for 65% of global trade. And to me, that's sufficient to call, oh gosh, not traction, what's the word? Critical mass. Critical yeah, mass. Yep, yep. Um, they've been signing up new nations. And, and we talked about this a couple months ago, um, uh, you know, a little bit, but Iran and Saudi Arabia are now pretty much members of, of the BRICS alliance, the BRICS union. They, they haven't come up with a better name. They're calling themselves the BRICS plus right now. I call it the BRICS union, BRICS plus union. But they signed up a number of different African nations. They signed up uh, some Argentina which is neighbor to Brazil, which is already in the BRICS. And I said to a good friend, client of mine, who, who's on top of this and supplies me information, I said to him, well, you know, Big W is his name. I said, Big W, when they sign on the Pacific Rim, that will get my attention. And a month later, they signed on the British, I'm sorry, the, the Pacific Rim. It was Indonesia. The, leading, the lead dog of, of that movement was Indonesia. So th they've got more south america they got some in africa and watch ghana ghana is going to be kind of important um mm -hmm. and and nigeria mm -hmm. just had a failure uh for a, a central bank digital currency not even five percent signed up for it 
Um, but the Pacific Rim, South America, the Middle East, oh my gosh, e Egypt is now on board with the BRICS. Um, we're, we're getting to the point where each region is getting its own local critical mass so that other nations like, like say, you know, Ethiopia and Sudan and Libya, they're going to sign up also for the BRICS union. They're getting the critical mass. And what it means is non-dollar settlement. Right. It's not just non-dollar trade settlement. It's non-dollar contract settlement. For instance, Iran might make a deal with, I'll just make up something. Iran make up, make a deal with e Egypt and Russia's involved. The contract will be multi-billions, some construction, maybe improvement of a port facility, this and that, this and that. And it's all dollar contract, not the, I'm sorry. And it's all non-dollar, sorry. It's all non-dollar contract. Non-dollar is going to be the theme. Okay. The BRICS plus union, Craig, is all about non-dollar de-dollarization getting away. And, and what it's going to do is it's going to isolate the United States and its primary allies, which I think are going to be linked not so much by the dollar, but by narcotics. That's a very big statement to make. Well, you've talked and you've talked about that for years as well. Um, and, and but not in the news. But well, of course. But so as we look at this and again, this is impossible to predict because geopolitics and there are just so many. I mean, the herding cats metaphor kind of comes to mind. You know, there's just chaos theory, geopolitics so many times. I make um, forecasts on geopolitics all the time. Well, and you're right. I mean, and it's and not like easy. It, and what I was saying earlier about, you know, it's hard to say that some of the stuff you've said is wrong just because it hasn't happened yet. And it and it unfolds on timetables and in time frames that are difficult to to uh I don't know to predict. So, yes. But with this brick stuff. And given the way things have gone this year with the war in Ukraine and all the, you know, stuff going on around Taiwan, you know, and all whatever. Um, do you think, uh, could this all unfold next year? Yeah, I think it's, right. it's unfolding right now. Why well, do you think important this, to know. why do you think that B minus student Posar? Well, that's right. Out? Yeah, no, that, that's right. Because, because the, the hive want to get credit for what's coming, coming and not Lord Hemke and the jackass. Right. Right. No, that's true. Okay, they're trying to steal our thunder. I think those clowns are actually reading and watching our work to learn. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're, we're, we're unorthodox and, and we don't get, you know, the big million dollar bonuses for being wrong, but promoting the big bank right. position. Right. Right. Oh boy. Okay. This is going to be the year <clears throat> because, um, you know, I made, I made a very big splash at the end of 2007 and, and something happened for me in the first week of January of 2008. And I'll never forget it because I came back from a Cambridge house conference and I, I had, I had set off the article and it, and it got published. Oh, I don't remember exactly the timing of, of that conference, but I came back from a flight and I had 46 orders on a single day. And, and what prompted the orders was an article. 2008, 
the year the system breaks. And I talked about Lehman Brothers. And it was in the news, but not for a crisis. I was noticing that its credit default swap was going up. Mm-hmm. And it got over 100 basis points. And for those who don't know, it's a credit default swap is a insurance contract on a corporate bond, often like a, a sovereign, like, like the Italian five-year bond, or like a company such as Lehman Brothers. But speaking of credit default swap, I've been all over this myself. Yep. Credit Swiss. Why didn't Pozar mention that Credit Swiss <laughs> has got a CDS right now that's attracting a lot of attention because it's gone up something like to 80 basis points. Right, right. That's left okay. off his, it's not in his report. It's not on it? his radar because yeah. he's paid not to talk about stuff right, like right, that. Right, right, right. He's a B minus student and he's a Jaguar. <laughs> okay. All right. We're on top of this because we're good students. That's right. He's not. Okay. Credit Suisse is in trouble. And I got various theories about this. I, I don't learn anything from Pazar. Anything. They're involved, I think, in a few different sorted things. Like, they got a hand helping out the Swiss National Bank, their central bank. They got a hand in the gold arbitrage versus, you know, yeah. buy, buy dollar, buy stocks, sell gold. Right. They got a hand in that. And they're losing money on that. And they also have a big hole from the lost money laundering function out of Ukraine that Russia dismantled. Now, let me just you know bring up a point and then bring up another point. It was about April that the Russians announced that they dismantled a big money laundering center in Ukraine and a big child trafficking center in Mariupol, the port. The next month, the Biden show announced aid for Ukraine. Are they related? Hmm. I think obviously, yes. Yeah. There are no multi-billion dollar coincidence ever. So the Davos crew and the big bankers in the cabal lost their income stream, which might have been, I've heard estimates of 50 to $70 billion a month in money laundering out of Ukraine. These aren't banks. They're money centers. They don't have a retail function, you know, with savers and certificates of deposit and a construction loan for a Mm -hmm. suburban Kiev mart. Mm -hmm. These are money laundering centers with underground trafficking of everything under the sun. I don't want to talk about traffic. I got you. But it was only three or four weeks later. And I I saw, oh, my gosh, look at that. Aid to Ukraine out of the Biden show right right after the money laundering got shut down. Isn't that a coincidence? Okay, not a coincidence. It's a consequence. And it's a very firm and clear consequence to anybody who has a brainstem that works well. And that is not the majority of people. Okay. I've got <laughs> sure. a lot of other points. Um, we, well, we've got, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, sure. no. I was just going to say, let's, let's, let's go to that. Let's uh, I assume you're talking about your points that are going to drive the metals higher this year. 
Yeah, but before I let me make the last point about no, Credit okay. Suisse. Go ahead. I think we've got a lot of U.S. military generals with narcotics-based accounts who are exiting Credit Suisse, and that's part of the $88 billion. Why wouldn't it it's be? It's an exit to the narcotics accounts. Okay, this is going to blow up, and I think we're going to see a Credit Suisse incident equally big as the Lehman incident. And I think we're going to possibly see the death and destruction and failure of Credit Suisse. On and the radar. Gonna, no, on, on the radar. My that, that would, radar. Yeah, that would yeah. definitely be one of those things for um, 2023. What, I, I'm, I'm pausing as I as I speak with you. What does it do I'm, for gold, though? Craig, what, what does it do for gold? Right. Did well, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to find... I'm looking up as we speak. I'm looking up the current price of Credit Suisse, uh, New York Stock Exchange uh, ADR. What is three eleven as we, we speak? It's actually up three percent today. Uh, well, three dollars and eleven cents is your a, current price. A year uh, ago, fifty-two week range as high as ten fifty-six, a low of two ninety-seven. So you can say it's a little bit closer to the low than it is to the high. <laughs> okay, it, it's down. It's down sixty to seventy percent. Let's put it in plain terms. Yeah. If you look at a five-year chart, you'll probably see a bigger decline. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. They're in trouble. They're in leverage trouble, and they never talk about their leveraged book. Right. right. I think they're also involved in the euro dollar derivatives. Why okay. wouldn't they be? Well, right. Why wouldn't they be? But Pazar did not mention that, did no. he not? No. Okay, he's, he didn't did mention a lot a of things. Did I mention he's, he's a, a B minus? He's a B minus student, and I'm being generous. <laughs> okay, in the United States, the big banks like BOA, Bank of America, and, and a few others, they're in trouble from the interest rate swap derivative because sure. that's a that's like leveraged. I, I I never hear under fifty, fifty to one. Let's just say at least thirty to one, but maybe as much as a hundred to one, leveraged treasury bond control mechanisms in europe it's the euro dollar now euro dollar is kind of a clumsy name euro dollar is an yeah. instrument by yeah. which treasury bonds and treasury bills are paid to europe like like say for german trade deficit cars volkswagen audi mercedes-benz porsche okay we gave them treasury bills and they did not redeem them. They did not convert them to Deutschmarks a year ago. They did not convert them to euros. So the, the treasury bills and bonds are held in European banks. And what they did was they created their own name, their own instrument, and they call it the euro dollar. The euro dollar is not a currency. The euro dollar is a short-term bond. And they got derivatives yeah. for that that are related to the interest rate swap derivatives in the United States. And that is what the Bank of International Settlement, Basel, another group of clowns and, and you know criminals, they just announced that there's $88 trillion missing. How many people believe that story? It's not missing. It's evaporated. They've got an $88 trillion loss that they called missing. 
because it's a leveraged loss in their euro dollar derivatives, Craig. We hmm. just had our first giant hole and they put out a false story and most of the people run with it and then move on and yeah. ignore it because they're stupid. What? They're corrupt and they're not good analysts. Several I, I of those stories you, this year. I believe Rob Kirby would have been all over that. Story. Oh, he would have. You're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Enough of Credit Suisse. I, I, all right. I, well, and, and we're the, already over half hour in, so we might okay. as well get to the gold and silver stuff. Well, I'm I'm on the gold and silver. Well, you kind of yeah, I'm, that's I'm true. Moving along. No, I agree. When the big bank blows up like Credit Suisse, it's going to have implications in the gold market, right? Because they're whole, they're part of the arbitrage to buy dollar, buy stock, and sell gold. They were responsible, along with the credit, um, with the Swiss National Bank, their central bank. They were responsible for pulling gold down from 1900 to 1400 now it's got to revert okay this is going to be a big factor big factor these derivatives are going to blow up and and another bank that's got a lot of these euro dollar derivatives is bank is deutsche bank yeah and they got a lot of narco accounts and and you know when you lose your narco money laundering suddenly the floor goes out and you're stuck with leveraged huge <laughs> positions that fall apart. You lose your core business. <laughs> you lose your core business, but you lose your core for the leverage holding right, together uh, yeah. trillions and trillions. So I, I think they've done a very good job of keeping Deutsche Bank out of the news. Um, Ghana made news and I'm waiting. How long will it be before their president is assassinated? Yeah. Or the war uh, is declared on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he made an announcement. His name is very difficult to pronounce. I got it in my newsletter and it, it's posted this week, uh, the December report, a little bit uh, of a delay for technical reasons. But um, the Ghana president mentioned that there was a run on their currency reserves. So they were going to begin to use their gold reserves to settle trade payments and that was primarily for oil shipments. In other words, the Ghana government announced that they were going to link oil payment with, I'm sorry, oil, oil, what do you call it? Oil contracts with gold payment. And, you know, that's a cannon fired at Wall Street. Um, it's an African cannon fired at Wall Street. And it did not make much of an impact because I think the Wall Street people have a lot of problems and Ghana is way down the list. <laughs> yeah, good point. Okay. All right. Ghana is not alone. Egypt mentioned that they also are having a run on right. their foreign currency reserves. Yeah. And Ghana is all over this. G-A-T-A. -A. Yeah. And they announced that they were going to settle their trade contracts and, you know, dominated by oil in terms of gold payments. Um, and, and Egypt, they applied for BRICS plus union membership um, a month ago. OK, so we're getting North Africa aligned. Uh, Algeria mm -hmm. is also <clears throat> aligned with the BRICS. And the BRICS 
as you know, are non-dollar payments. So we're beginning to get form for the principle of non-dollar. Yeah. And the form is avoid draining the currency reserves by using their gold reserves. And you're going to see a wonderful stability come to Ghana unless somehow their president is murdered. Yeah, made unstable. Which is, which is standard operating procedure. And maybe it'll be a French foreign legion clown. Uh, I mean, got, did you notice the conflict between the Italians and the French over uh, the new prime minister, Malo- Mer- yeah. Meloni? Yeah. She, she accused them of... Uh, using their French foreign legion to harass and murder African leaders. Unbelievable. You never would have seen that no, 20 years ago. Uh-uh. Lee Harvey yeah. La Oswald. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> what we're seeing now is a fracture in Europe of their leadership with respect to NATO. Okay. I, I got pretty good word, Craig. NATO's dead. Um, their arsenal is empty. Uh, I don't care about the story about Patriot missiles. My gosh, what a stupid story that is. Patriot missiles are being shipped to Ukraine. All right, they were proved to be ineffective in Kuwait. They were proved to be ineffective in Syria. And now Ukraine's going to prove that they're ineffective. Big shit. Who cares? What's happening is that the U.S. military contractors are dumping obsolete and ineffective weaponry on Ukraine so they can get replenished. Yeah, yeah. Okay? The arsenal of NATO is empty. They've already got generals running around saying that our arsenal is is extremely low. And, you know, I I got other uh, colleagues who are on top of this. It's something like... 8,000 tanks from NATO have been destroyed. Are you kidding me? Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 8,000 tanks, if you include the Ukraine military with with NATO combined, it's about 8,000 tanks and about 6,000 half-tracks and about 10,000 trucks. Gosh, I remember two months ago, I watched a little video and, and the guy who sent to me said, Jim, you know, try not to vomit, try not to puke. Uh, because this is pretty ugly stuff. It was about 20 different trucks and half tracks destroyed by shoulder head, shoulder held stinger missiles. And I think, I think the Russians call theirs cornet or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And it was just one after the other. You'd see a, 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 the movement of a big vehicle. And then 10 seconds later, you see a, a you know, a flare from a, a, you know, like like a stinger missile, and it was fired right at the truck or right at the half track, and it was destroyed. Some of them were tanks. Um, an amazing video. It, it was, you know, it was moving. It was it was emotionally moving. Um, okay, NATO is drained. NATO is drained, and and when, oof, Olaf Schultz is the new male version of Merkel running Germany. Yeah. Um, I call I call him Merkel with testicles. Um, <laughs> pardon my base manner. I, I don't give I don't I don't really give a shit. He, uh... Merkel's out and Schultz is in Schultz without a T. Right. And it's not exactly the Schultz who says, I know nothing. I, I know, know nothing. nothing. OK, this guy 
went to the Indonesia G20, and I made a mistake. I recently said Schultz had a meeting with Putin. No, he had a meeting with La Lavrov, the, uh, the foreign minister of Russia. And Schultz said to Lavrov, we need a new European security architecture. What does that mean? NATO dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Time to wake up, Americans. NATO is dead. And as these leaders fall one by one, it will mean Davos is dead. We've already got one. His name was Draghi. Have you seen Draghi in the news in the last three months, Craig? No. Uh, no, actually. Why not? Didn't they try to revive him with a new coalition back in June and July? And it didn't work. So where'd he go? I don't know. Maybe he's living in Uruguay or Paraguay. Sorry, <laughs> Paraguay. Or maybe he's in Israel or maybe he's in Ukraine or Hungary hiding in a chateau. But he's nowhere to be seen. While Maloney, Meloni, Georgina Meloni, new prime minister of Italy, she's making waves. What it all means is Davos is soon dead. I think he's got one leg completely cut off. NATO is dead. European nations, one by one, are going to see their leaders fall. The crowning blow will be when Macron of France goes missing or has a faked death incident like a fake assassination that they can blame on their favorite, uh, what do you call it? Out of favor. I don't want to get caught up in words here. Well, The, the, the oh gosh, the, the rival political party will be blamed. Whatever that oh, is. Oh, uh, uh, what's her names? Um, that, Pen, Le Pen. Le Pen, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Rumors. Rumors that our Le Pen would pay 300 million euros not to contest the fraudulent election. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, get rid of okay. her. Here, here's, right. here's another. Oh, I'm sorry. Lay it I, on. I no, keep going. Keep going down okay. your list of okay. metal um, positive stuff. Latin American minds noticed that they climbed aboard the COVID bullshit narrative. And they said that for the protection. <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, for the protection of their workers in the mines, uh, Ecuador, Chile, Bolivia, um, Argentina, all, all those mines are shut down for and no silver production. And some of the Mexican mines did the same thing. Very low silver output coming out of Latin American mines. Okay. They need a higher price. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. the, those nations are going to make an argument. We need a higher price so we can open up again and, and fortify our economy. And, and we will be able to supply you more for this horrendous global silver deficit. Okay. We, we got to another address big story. Yep. The other, the other big story. Okay. Latin America is going to have a role and, and notice that Argentina applied for BRICS plus membership or what, whatever it means. What do you call it? Uh, they want to join the alliance, like like secondary members, not primary members. I think Iran is eventually going to be a primary member. They got a huge gold reserve. Why is Iran always the boogeyman? Why are they always 
a rogue nation. Why are they always declared a terrorist? Because they refused their 10,000 tons of gold for the Rothschild game. <laughs> okay? Okay, I got a couple of Iranian clients, and I, I they asked me not to talk too much about them. Sure. Don't describe me. Don't describe me. So I don't. But I asked them once in a while, tell me a little bit about the Shah and Mossadegh and that transition. And all I ever hear was gigantic gold reserves not made available to the Rothschild Central Bank system. So they got rid of the Shah and... No, no. How did, how did that work? The Shah was the friend, but there was a revolution in there. So they tried. Right. It, it's so complicated. Ayatollah Khomeini came from the cabal. He came from Paris. So we, we got rid of the Shah, who was the apparent, what's the word, uh, overt friend of the West. And we changed it to a better boogeyman, the Islamic Republic of Iran. Of Iran. Yeah. I mean, we made a better boogeyman to make it easier to get the Middle East in constant conflict and to get budget for the military to fight Iran. I mean, my gosh, of course, the Iran, Iranian Islamics are, are you know, violent and anti-West, why wouldn't they be? We were stealing their gold and killing their leaders. Unbelievable that the track record. And what do we do? We call that nation building also? Okay, <laughs> people got to understand nation building means we destroyed their economy and then we get a big U.S. government grant in funding and then our elites steal it. That's U.S. nation building. Generally how it works. And that we did that in... Uh, in Iraq, we did that elsewhere, and we did that in Ukraine. Um, yes. Anyway, <clears throat> Latin America is going to be important. Uh, Iran is going to establish more and more ties with Latin America. Okay, what I've heard described by Big W is that Iran is going to become more of a, a top-level member with Russia and China. Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, it's going that direction. And Iran is going to be the ambassador to bring in more nations. Yeah. Like they would go to Argentina and say, look, we'll guarantee you oil. We want to expand your port. We're going to assist you to become BRICS plus members. Uh, we want you to talk nice and make contracts with Iran. We want you to work with Iran. We want you to work with Iran. Iran is going to be involved. Iran worked with Pakistan. Big success story with the port. Unbelievable. Big $50 billion budget uh, and for construction and maintenance. Wow. And, and, and it's pretty weird stuff because they got Chinese army maintaining it. Okay. Iran is going to be a big, big player. And they got an enormous amount of gold. And they're pushing a gold-backed central bank digital yeah, currency. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, wherever this Iranian ambassador has success, like, like let's just say... They, they, they bring in Chile, Bolivia, and Ecuador. Okay, well, that'll be the, the bulk critical mass of South America. Hmm. And if they get lined up for a gold-backed central bank digital currency, then South America is, is part of the new system. Yeah. 
Yeah. This, yeah. this is how it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's exciting, but it's very messy. Oh, and yeah. And yeah, it's exciting to see it all kind of come to fruition. Cause we talked about it so long, but messy is maybe a polite way to put it. Um, <laughs> it's going to be uh, painful for a lot of, you know, regular West, you know, regular Americans and Europeans and the like, you know, to be all of a sudden has <laughs> a curtain pulled back. Craig, there's an effect. It's, it's, uh, as social as it is geopolitical. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of my, my final points. We are running low on time for, for your target. Um, there's a term that's been heard often in the past, and now we're beginning to hear it with respect to Wall Street versus the European banks and British banks. It's sharks eating sharks. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're starting we're starting to see that um, BlackRock is now the enemy of the Fed, the enemy of Wall Street. Notice that BlackRock announced its bankruptcy in a very quiet manner right after the Ukrainians lost their money laundering center. Would, oh, hold on, you lost me on that one. BlackRock announced bankruptcy? I Hold on. Back up. Yeah, two months ago, I think it was around August, September, BlackRock wrote a letter. I got this in my newsletter for September. They wrote a letter to their major investors saying we are in bankruptcy. BlackRock is in bankruptcy. Hmm. That did not make the Wall Street Journal. No, yeah. More liabilities than assets. Right. But they also lost their liquidity. Yeah, okay. From money laundering in Ukraine. Wow. Okay. There's a formula. I'm a mathematician. Insolvency plus lost liquidity equals bankruptcy. Why isn't, why isn't Bank of America public about their bankruptcy and filing? Because they still have liquidity. Okay. Remember, BlackRock is the enemy of the Fed. The Fed has a printing press. Bank of America is kept liquid from an FDIC former agent yeah. who did a consult with me back in July or June. He said, Jim, you got it right. Bank of America is in bankruptcy. I can tell you that. I went to their FDIC website a couple of days ago to verify before our consult call. And I said, how are they kept afloat? They continue their liquidity. And he said, yeah, it's like, you know, one and a half billion dollars at a 2 a.m. phone call. And the Fed comes through and I said, print and press money. He said, of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. I said, this is what BlackRock does not have. And he said, exactly. And I said, do you think it's from money laundering lost at BlackRock? And he said, could very well be. You always bring that up at key points and it makes sense. Okay. There were some consequences to the lost money laundering. I mentioned how Credit Suisse had some problems that they came up with, 88 billion in lost depositors. The US government had replacement funding for Ukraine, and most of that ended up in the black market. The irony is hilarious. Some of the aid that goes to Ukraine is in the form of weapons, and it goes into the Eastern European mafia that is centered in Albania. 
And some of the buyers are Russians. Hmm. Let that sink in. Yeah, yeah. And Albania, uh, right next to Kosovo and Serbia, which is all of a sudden flaring up too, as an aside. Right, right. All that Yugoslav area mm -hmm. that broke up. It's primary mafia and narcotics and arms sales, arms underground sales, black market. Okay. <sighs> I, I'm all excited about the sharks eating the sharks because that is a yeah. late stage phenomenon. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's it's exciting. Um, okay. For those who need to understand like a scorecard, BlackRock is aligned with the big European banks and Davos. The Fed is aligned with Wall Street and a handful of British banks. You've got an Anglo. Oh, gosh, it's hard to hard to put good words on. I've sometimes heard it called an Anglo-American rivalry that resulted in Boris Johnson being booted out. But it's not that simple because the British and the American are almost inseparable. Mm -hmm. It's the British. It, it's London and New York. Yeah. That's a better way to put Black it. BlackRock and Davos yeah, and that, big European banks. I think that's a more concise way to put it. With, with Deutsche Bank in there and yeah. with Credit Suisse in there. Mm -hmm. And those, those are the next ones I expect to hear stories about. Oh, let's just watch the credit default swap for Credit Suisse. That, that's hard to say fast. I, that's why I said it slowly. <laughs> the CDS for Credit Suisse. CS for CS, the CS CDS. Yes, exactly. But I don't want to confuse people. Let's watch the credit default swap to see if it gets over a hundred basis points, which is what Lehman did about eight months before it died. Yeah. Okay. It is a fatal red alarm. Fatal. Um, I think Deutsche Bank is in trouble. And, and I think that there's like a very, very big European Central Bank project. We will not let Deutsche Bank fail. We will not let it fail. So they're doing everything they can. And okay, th this is kind of funny when sharks are eating sharks. Mm -hmm. if, if a shark is vulnerable, it may not get help. It may get eaten. But in the meantime, it might get ignored and then get even weaker, like Credit Suisse. Right. The, the Swiss bankers are not weak, but a weak link right now, it's never UBS. Hmm. It's Credit hmm. Suisse. Why well, is Credit Suisse in trouble and UBS not? I say it's narco accounts. I say it's Euro dollar derivatives. And, and you know, we we kind of group it all together into the Davos Bank of International Settlements kind of crowd. And, eh, you know, no coincidences when we're talking billions and trillions. That's never both of those are located. Davos is in Switzerland. Basel is in Switzerland. <laughs> and Geneva, the big hive. Right. In Switzerland. And that is what's under attack now. I, we haven't gotten into a number of different like military concepts, military factors. And I, I wanted on purpose to avoid them, but we might be seeing something pretty important 
spreading across Europe in the next several weeks, like in January. I don't, I don't want to get into no. that right now. I'm, I'm very focused on gold and, and silver. Uh, I think we're going to see some news pretty soon about how the LBMA might shut down temporarily. Well, that would be a possibility, I would say, yes. And and you know, they're, they're not going to tell you why. Of course not. We're going to have... We're going to have to infer why. Mm-hmm. I love that word, infer. Mm-hmm. That, that's a statistical term, by the way. The, the data looks like this, and we have to not conclude, but we have to infer. We have to think, well, this is what we believe it means. This is it what means. it looks like. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, we, and, yeah. We, and we know the last time the LBMA shut down for whatever it was, 10 days in 1968, we know what was going on then. We don't have to infer then. We could have inferred back then, but I was only two. But it, uh, we now know what was going on. So perhaps we could R- remind me w- what was it like? The Plaza Accord coming? No, the end view? of the London Gold Pool was in 1968. Oh, okay. And they shut it down for about I don't know a week to ten days, and then uh, it was off. You know, then everything <laughs> kind of the new paradigm was set. Um, let, Jim, let me I, make I, a cut. You mentioned pool. Let, let me just make a quick comment, then then you can close, okay? Okay. We're going to get a shit storm. It's going to have five sides. We've talked about several of the sides. They're all going to erupt. Not one of them is going to be left intact. They're all going to erupt. And when the, the dust is in the air and people are struggling to learn what is the gold price, because the LBMA is not to be trusted. It's not a guiding yep. light. And it might even be temporarily shut down. We're going to get a new gold pool that will be based on like an average or a reporting from several different locations like Johannesburg, South Africa, yeah. Tehran, Dubai. Iran, Moscow, Shanghai, Zurich, London, Sydney, Australia, and a few more places. Yeah. Like maybe even like Rio de Janeiro. We need something down in South America. And that could be like, let's just make it up, a 12 member gold pool that no longer is a London monopoly. Wouldn't right. that be wonderful? Yeah. Okay. And, and as you know, back to the B student Pozar, that's the <laughs> other part he was talking about was how this, all of that commodity rehypothecation, meaning gold, is a what he he didn't say systemic risk. He used another term, exponent existential threat to the system, and, to uh, their power to structure. To their power, right, right, exactly. To Basel's power structure, and the central bank digital currency is going to be something that Basel fails with, because they've already announced that they're going to be having. Uh, decentralization, they will not do the decentralization and they will not do con- transparency. Correct. They will Correct. not Under, do either. Yeah. Right. Under any circumstances. Um, well, to everybody listening, I, I told Jim I wanted to keep this to about an hour just because uh, it's holiday weekend and the markets are closed on Monday. And so maybe you've got time to listen, but uh, I didn't want to go too long because then that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I, th- I think sometimes it gets too long and people don't listen. So hopefully we've covered a few items of interest over the past hour. 
Uh, I think the key, hear me say this, I think every time we wrap up with Jim, the key not only is to have him back again soon, and it'll be another three-day weekend before too long, uh, if if not in February, at least in, in uh, uh, Easter or that sort of thing. And the other part is go to golden-jackass.com and get yourself a subscription to the hat trick letter. Because, I mean, I mean, we just kind of scratch the surface. I mean, I kind of drop a quarter in Jim's back and and uh, pull the string and <laughs> let him just go. And, uh, and I mean, this is just a, what what do we cover, Jim? 5% of what's on your mind and what you're writing about every month? Oh, oh I'm more like a half. Okay. So you want the other half and you want to always be informed of what Jim, you don't have to wait for him to show up here at TFMR or in somebody else's channel. Subscribe to the Hat Trick Letter. And again, uh, you do that at, again, Jim, golden-jackass.com, correct? Yes, sir. And, you know, the newsletter, there's only one newsletter. I, you know, it's called the Hat Trick Letter, but I don't care about the name. It's it's the newsletter on the Golden Jackass site. I'm the editor. There's also uh, consulting uh, potential. Right. Uh, and, and that has picked up in the last week or so. I would imagine. Curiously, um, I think because of, of a lot of different news stories. Uh, there's a lot happening now. We're having an acceleration of events. Um, this is fascinating. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm very jazzed, energized, and motivated with this work right now, but I'm also increasingly anxious and worried. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This is scary, yes. scary stuff. Yeah. I mean, if the, the bad element gets too threatened, they might do a false flag nuclear event. OK, that's that's, you know, the kind of risk that we're dealing with. Right. No uh, doubt about is, it. This is frightening stuff. Paradigm um, shifting periods are not generally peaceful. Oh, man, oh, man. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not dealing with anxiety attacks, Lord Hempke. I'm, I'm dealing with a constant heightened alert state. Uh, I mean, I go out on my porch and I look out just to calm my nerves. Yeah, I understand. Um, we're at a climax here. And and end of year is, is a, a very big time. And so is end of August. And, and we we came into the September timeframe with some changes, but it seems like the end of the year is what's driving bricks and driving these big derivative contracts like the interest rate swap and the euro dollar. Um, it, this is scary. I, I've got I've got a number of clients who did consults in the last few weeks, and they're scared. Um, and they should be. Sure. Um, they don't know. I, I don't want to get into the elements of fear, uh, but people are worried about their life savings, yeah. and people are worried about whether their state. Is, is going to go up in, in, you know, fireball. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. there's been a lot of sabotage of, of say diesel refinery facilities. Um, when, when the, the cabal loses power, they blow things up so they can gain more power from, from the increased state of fear and the need for even more security. Right. They will provide the more centralization. They, sta yeah. they destabilize and then they get the authority to take care of new stability after they, de okay, this, this is very, very scary. 
stuff going on. This is the end of the dollar. This is the sunset of the king dollar. This is what it looks like. I talked about it five years ago. I said it's going to be a scary time. It's now closer and closer. And I think this uh, fake pandemic and virus is part of the end of the dollar. They changed lanes where the bankers are not in control. The doctors are. So now we got a two-headed fascist monster of bankers and doctors. How do you like it? And like you said, Jim, it's just more things they get everybody fearful of so that they can consolidate and grab even more power into their centralized scheme. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, Jim, it it uh, it's always fun, my friend. I hope you have a uh, a relaxing New Year's weekend. I know you'll be rooting on your Ohio State Buckeyes. Do you think they got a shot? Not even a prayer. Yeah, I'm afraid they're going to get smashed. Two, two touchdown deficit is what I'm looking for. 14 to 17 point. Okay, Michigan showed exactly how to tear them apart. Yeah. Yeah, and George uh, is just too good and too fast to not just. George's offensive line is even better than Michigan's offensive yeah. line. Yeah. Um, I th- watch the second half be a runaway. Uh, yeah. it, it's going to be sad. I, I've been, I was saying a month ago, I, I don't think Ohio State belongs in the Final Four. I hope they don't get there because it'll be embarrassing. Southern right. Cal deserves it. Southern right. Cal didn't get it. It reminds me of 2001, my Nebraska had lost embarrassingly in their last game. And, and I thought, well, okay, they were kind of overrated all season. I'm kind of glad they're not going to fully expose themselves because that's embarrassing. And then everybody else ahead of them lost that same weekend. And Nebraska had to go play Miami, which had like 15 future NFL players on their team. And they absolutely (laughs) destroyed. Well, that's, that's Georgia almost every year. Yeah. It's just, and that's, they've got about five or six pros out of every, you know, starting 22. Yep. It's it's an amazing phenomenon. Georgia has done very, very well. It's just such a shame that it's a bad school. Like it's academically? such a shame. Uh. Academically, it is a bad school, mm. and so is Alabama, well, and maybe, so is Auburn. Remember These how they football used to, powers are bad schools. Remember they? I've used got to, a. I go ahead. I no, got no, a no. Quick I, story. No, I just remember they used to say you couldn't be good at good football and basketball at the same time you're either a football school or a basketball school maybe you can't be good at football and academics at the same well you got a low academic standard to recruit at georgia and alabama how's that working out for them yeah yeah and clemson ditto these are not good schools highly rated academic i've got a story for you it's a zinger i had a professor and and he was a good guy at carnegie mellon he was a good guy and he went, he did not get tenure. He did not get his promotion from uh, assistant professor to associate. He did not get the associate. So he had to leave. And he went to the University of Georgia. And I said to him, oh my gosh, what are you going to do down there? And he said, I don't know, Jim, they offered me a job. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I ho- I'm hoping for the best. Two years later, he came back 
He said, I could not believe what I saw at the University of Georgia. They had me teaching algebra. <laughs> and I said, I know there's a whole string of schools, Arkansas, Alabama, Clemson, Auburn, Georgia, West Virginia. You go to college to learn how to read yeah, and learn right. how to do algebra. Right, right. I got another story of a friend of mine who went to the University of West Virginia. He called them mongoloids. <laughs> he left after five years because he finally got himself a good job out of academia. He had a, a visa problem. He was from Eastern Europe. And he said, Jim, they had me teaching algebra. So instead of the mountaineers, they were the mongoloids? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Georgia is a good football factory. Yeah. You know, you, you, you give them a reading test or giving them, give them an algebra test and, you know, like the SATs and you might come up with an average of about 800 or 900 total. Yeah. It certainly didn't seem like Herschel Walker learned a lot while he was there, but no, that's a it, whole other. It, it's, it's a, anyway, back to football. Um, I think Michigan might win a close game against TCU. Agreed. And then Michigan will get blown out not too badly by Georgia and Georgia, you know, Ohio state's going to have to regroup and, and they're very motivated because they got embarrassed at home against Michigan. Mm -hmm. That was a very, very bad loss. And they exposed Ohio state's weaknesses. And I don't think Ohio state can make the adjustments. Yeah. How do you, how do you suddenly create two good defensive secondary players? H how do you suddenly get another cornerback you, you, they don't they don't grow on trees they have to be recruited and they're hard to come by but there's going to be some passing game by georgia and, and they're going to have quite a show yeah they're going to have yeah all right so what people should do is if you're in a state <laughs> or a country with legal sports betting put some money on georgia and then, well, you uh, have to give up points. It's not going to be that's easy. That's right. They're going to crush them. And then uh, well, take your profits. I don't even profits. know what the spread. I bet you the spread. I bet you the spread what? for Ohio State and seven. Georgia is some something like 10, 9. 7. Oh, my gosh. That, I that's know. a ludicrous, a ludicrous line. So Georgia is going to cover that in the first quarter. Load up on Georgia and then take all of that and then buy yourself some gold and silver. Uh, with your <laughs> All right, Jimbo, thank you. We will be in touch and we'll be doing this uh, often in 2023 because it's going to be such a consequential uh, year gonna be, that gonna uh, it's going to go in so many directions. Wait. And in the meantime, everybody, you want to hear from Jim on a more regular basis, just go to golden-jackass.com and subscribe to the hat trick letter. James, happy new year, my friend. All Lang Syne and uh, all that kind of jazz and uh, all the best to you, my friend. Okay, well, it's been fun. I got all worked up. And we never even <laughs> talked about the Iraqi dinar. No, no, no. <laughs> well, there's a lot we didn't talk about. I know, I know. It's, it's hard to jam it all in, but we covered a lot of relevant factors that will push on the gold and silver market and help to shut down London LBMA. That's that is the goal That's for 2023. That's what we want. That's what we want. Okay. Well, let's go get him, my friend. Happy New Year, okay. and uh, we'll talk again soon. Okay. All right. Very good. Bye now. And from all of us at TFMR, thanks for listening. Enjoy your three-day holiday weekend. Happy New Year. 
and uh, be ready for a very busy first week of January. Uh, it's going to be right out of the chute. It's going to be full of economic data and we get the, the latest employment report on the first Friday on the 6th. So enjoy a few mo- days of downtime and we'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>